Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. At some point, we all feel lost. And part of that might be because there's so many different ways that someone can be lost. Maybe it's when you can't decide on a career, or when you're feeling lonely, or maybe you're truly in the middle of nowhere without a sense of direction. And there's a fascination with getting lost and the freedom of being lost that permeates so much of film and literature. We're all so proud of you. Proud, proud, proud. <laughs> what are you going to do now? I was going to go upstairs for a minute. Oh, I meant with your future. Your life. Well, that's a little hard to say. And when I think of being lost, I think of Ernest Hemingway. He was even part of the lost generation of authors, along with F. Scott Fitzgerald and Gertrude Stein. They wrote about characters who seemed to be aimlessly wandering through life without any true cause or purpose, and yet these characters are still adored today. Hemingway Sun Also Rises is a book that I could read over and over again. When I first read it, I was very young, and I told my parents I was going to be an expatriate like Jake Barnes and Lady Brett Ashley. I would travel the world and my life would be filled with art and culture and passion. But the older I got and the more I analyzed the characters, I realized they're actually all pretty lost in life and have no real drive. Even at the end of the book, the characters seem to be right back where they started. As an adult, the idea of wandering through life would sadden me, but I swooned at the idea when I read it in the pages of my favorite Hemingway book. Why are we so enchanted by the idea of being a wanderer, but are so uncomfortable with it in our real lives? That's what we're covering on this week's episode. Getting lost, feeling lost, and listening to answers to the question, when in your life, if you felt lost. Welcome to The Question Booth. I'm Dylan Fagan. And I'm Kathleen Quillian. And we're glad you're here to get lost with us. In The Question Booth, we ask people a big question each week and find a pattern in their answers. And this week's pattern was people believing that being lost isn't always a bad thing. People felt we needed to be okay with being uncomfortable sometimes, 
and not dwell on what we think we should be doing with our lives. And we'll also be talking to Victoria Price. She's even written a book that's a real meditation on being lost and embracing it. And speaking of literature, let's start this week's episode with Hunter. I think it's kind of human nature to get lost from time to time and it kind of yeah. you find your way back and that's the fun of life, you know? A good story doesn't involve somebody knowing exactly what they're supposed to be doing the whole time. Yeah, like the best characters are just like wandering, oh, you yeah. know? You know, and I mean, that's the thing is like what is finding yourself? I think we're exactly. all just kind of works in progress. I think when we feel lost, sometimes we feel like we're the only ones who's lost because that was something like when I was leaving Georgia Southern, Just to note, uh, Georgia Southern is a school about three hours southeast of Atlanta. A lot of the people that I was friends with down there, like, seemed like they knew what they were doing. They seemed like they knew Mm -hmm. their major for sure. They seemed like they had it figured out. And, like, maybe they weren't doing as well in classes as me, but they seemed like they were sure that's what they should have been doing. But once I got back here and, like, figured out what I was doing, I figured out that, like, you can know and still be lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody's just kind of faking it because— Everybody's scared to admit that they're lost, Mm -hmm. I think. But, like, when you find somebody that you can relate to, especially, like, in literature but in life, too, you know, you find somebody else who's willing to, like, share that they're lost with you, that's kind of important. It's human nature. And I think especially when we're in school, you just look around and you're like, that person has it all together. And it's like, usually they don't. I was about to say, I think that that's just something that, like, is on TV shows and movies and, like, the person figures it all out and they've got it all together. I don't think anybody has it all together. You know, I think... At different parts of your life, you have certain stuff together and you have some stuff that you're like, well, I don't have any idea which way is up and which way is down. So, yeah. like, I think that's important to kind of think about when you're lost. There's that quote that's all over here in Atlanta, and I'm drawing a blank on who it is right now, but that not all who wander are lost. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know what I mean? I think sometimes that's what life's about is wandering around and not knowing. Then, you know, you find more of who you are, more of what you were looking for than you even realized. I think we're all lost. It's understandable that when you're in your 20s or you're just graduating from college that you might feel adrift. It can be the first time that you're on your own, too. You can have job experience or a degree, but a lot of folks who are older than you will still call you a kid. Maybe you're proud of your resume and you've worked really hard, but jobs are telling you that you just don't have the experience. Yeah, this can really leave you feeling lost. And some studies suggest that this can lead to a lot of pain and depression. Young people are suffering more from depression than previous generations. And the onset of depression has dropped from our 40s and 50s to our 20s. So, yes, the pressure and stress of starting your life as your own person is one time you can feel profoundly lost. And we heard a lot of that in the booth this week. Here's Lily. I mean, honestly, I think that I'm in a position right now where I'm in transition Mm -hmm. from one thing to another. And I think that those are the times in my life that I've tried to feel lost. I don't know. I feel like I'm in one right now, but I wouldn't say I'm lost. I would say I'm on the way to something different that I haven't done before. Sometimes it is nice when you are forced to be uncomfortable or change is usually when you have the most growth within yourself. You just have to be open to that, to being uncomfortable. Right. I think a lot of us struggle with that. Yeah, I used to struggle with it a lot when I like first went to school, you know, when I was like 18, I got out on my own and I was like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't want any part of it. I don't know what I'm doing. And that makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over the years, the uncomfortable and the not knowing what to do isn't bad. And you have to take it and keep moving forward and keep your eyes on what you want or the things that you enjoy doing or the things that you're passionate about. 
and make those the priority instead of thinking like this feels weird. You know, and like I know so many people who have gotten on a pathway and then found something else that they liked better and just transitioned into that, not knowing that that was what was going to happen to them at all. Like that wasn't anywhere in the plan. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that you're wrong or that you messed up. It just means that like life happened and you adjust. I just thought of a great metaphor. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my friends is a terrible, terrible driver. She's awful with directions. (laughs) She'll go and pull, you know, six U-turns in one trip to somewhere 20 minutes away that we've been to once a week for the past year. And then there's also, I see the people on the road that are like, no, I'm gonna make this left turn across this five-lane highway that's full of people and SUVs and semi-trucks, and I'm gonna make it happen because I need to turn left. And like, I think one time I was driving with somebody and they did the same thing where like, we missed it. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to pull a U-turn. And I was like, it's fine. I'll go mm-hmm. up around. I'll make it happen. It doesn't matter. But I think it's the same thing with feeling lost. It's like, don't be afraid to do something and then make the U-turn. Come back to where you started and try again. There's no harm in like backing out of something because you didn't think it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. Or you thought it was something different. And then you ended up not being as into it as you thought. So try again. U-turn. That was Lily in the question booth. We'll be right back to hear more about being lost. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
www.pets.com. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com And we're back. Thanks for joining us. And as we're hearing from people in the booth and talking about being lost and all its different meanings this week, we really want to emphasize how many young people came into the booth and talked about feeling lost. I don't feel like I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. I feel like I felt lost, like, all throughout school. Constantly. It's not, you know, uncommon for me to just pick up and move. My sense of loss is, like, studying for something I never wanted to be. That would probably be this week for me, honestly. Um, I might start crying. Whoa, every day of my life. (laughs) Maybe a few months ago. I definitely felt very lost when I graduated. I was texting my dad and I was like, I feel so lost. So we've heard from young people about how they currently feel lost, but the feeling is often temporary and it's not always easy to see that in the moment. But working through it can leave us with a profound sense of clarity. It can be a pivotal moment in your life. Here's Robert talking about one of those experiences. And this story, it sounds a lot like a movie. I think for me, as I've gotten in my older years, I I found myself again. But I can think back to like a point in my life where I think things changed for me. And it's meeting that person where you didn't expect something to happen and like a miracle takes, you know, part. And for me, it was probably when I was 17 years old and I, uh, I grew up in New Jersey and I was in, let's just say, the rougher part of New Jersey. And my dad was, you know, not working. He was disabled. He was, you know, other issues there. He was an alcoholic. And my mom and I, you know, argued a lot about my dad and kind of kicking him out of the house. Or, so I got to that point where it was like him or me kind of thing. And I had moved out of my house while I was in high school and uh, it was a tough period for me, like in terms of thinking who I was as a person, still trying to find myself. I wasn't even going to school. I mean, it was a tough period in my life. So I was very lost at that point. And the interesting part of the story that affects me personally, because it's like one of those moments where if that didn't happen, I don't know where I'd be today. But uh, one day I remember walking by this park and some guys, random guys, came out of a liquor store. They were older than me, and they had a couple six-packs of beer, and they jumped on this pickup truck, and I saw one familiar face, and that familiar face was a short-order cook that worked next to the drugstore where I worked in this town of Newark. And he's like, hey, Bob, you know, hop on. So I hopped on the back of this truck, and we went just, like, around the corner to somebody else's apartment. And the strange part that works from there is everybody went to this apartment and into this driveway and the short order cook guy like grabbed me by the shoulder and he took me aside and we stood across the street by the park. So I'm looking at across the street at all these other people with the beer and everything that's happening. And the guy that's with me is just some random stranger that I'd never met before other than, you know, he would cook my meal, you know, for breakfast or lunch. And uh, he took me aside and then he proceeded to tell me what was going to happen next. He was like, a car is going to pull up, like another car pulled up. 
He's like, there's going to be an altercation. And there was an altercation, you know. He's like, somebody's going to pull out a baseball bat. And it did mesmerize me in the fact that he was like basically foretelling what was going to happen. And then he's like, we need to run. He's like, there's going to be gunshots run into the park. So we do that. And of course, there are gunshots. Like I can hear them. And I run with this guy and my adrenaline's pumping. And we get further into the park and he uh, proceeded to tell me and talk about my family. And, and I asked him questions too. Like, I'm like, who are you? Like, you're just the guy that works behind the counter. Like, he's like, no, Bob, because I, he goes, I came here for a particular reason. I came here to help people. And that's why I'm in this position that I'm in. It was almost kind of like a, a heaven on earth kind of thing. It was very surreal for me. And then he proceeded to tell me about my family. He pretty much at the end said, you know, I know you don't like your dad and you moved out of your house, but he's like, I see your mother and your mother is crying. And he goes, I see your sister and she's crying. You need to go home to them because they need you. And when he said that, literally, I ran back home. Like it was like four miles from my house. And I, and I went home and never really looked back. And years later, I asked my mom, I was like, this guy had to know, like maybe my mom told him like, hey, you need to intervene. She had no idea who this guy was. His name was Alex. I have no idea what his last name was. The crazy part is I always tell people like, guess what the name of the diner was where he worked? It was called Heaven. Oh that, was the name of the, that was the name of the diner he worked at. So for me, that was a time where I was lost and I found myself again because I had not applied to any colleges, and I wasn't even thinking of college at that time because, uh, you know, before that situation was just so miserable, and, like, things kind of fell into place after that for me. A guy from Shell Oil in a very well-to-do town kind of plucked me out and gave me a scholarship, a four-year scholarship to uh, engineering school. But, like, when you go back to being lost, that was the, the lowest of lows in my life, and maybe that's what I needed, like, somebody to pick me up and carry me across the finish line. Now that we've heard about being lost, let's hear about embracing it. We'll be right back with an interview with Victoria Price. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com And we're back. And recently, we had the opportunity to talk with Victoria Price. She's an author and designer. She recently wrote a book called The Way of Being Lost. She's also the daughter of Vincent Price, which we mentioned because the way she lives and travels now is so different from the life she knew growing up. Let's let Victoria explain. Well, I grew up in a family that valued accumulation. And I grew up in a family that, in a way, embodied the American ideals. I grew up in a 9,000-square-foot house with uh, a family who drove a Rolls-Royce, a dad who was an iconic, world-famous movie star. And our house was—my mother was a designer, so our house was constantly photographed, and it was in Architectural Digest or our house and garden. And, and so it was really this lifestyle that was very much about uh, the things that surrounded you— bolstering this idea that life is about accumulation and possession and identity and all of those things. And when you're a kid, you just sort of take that in and you think, oh, whatever. But as you get older, you realize there's a value placed on those things. And from the time I was young, I found myself wanting to pull away from that but not really understanding what it meant. So when I was in my early 20s, I lived in the mountains to the east of Albuquerque, New Mexico, in a log cabin with no running water and no heat, and we squatted. And we dug our own outhouses, and I would go out with a chainsaw that had been stolen from the U.S. Forest Service, not by me, and, uh, and go out and cut my own firewood. And I did that for two years, and I just had this urge to feel what it would be like to not be surrounded by fame and fortune and all of that stuff. But eventually, of course, I got called back into that world. And I feel like my whole life has kind of been this this push-pull, this ebb and flow between the world that I grew up in, which is the world that we're all taught to aspire to in, in a way, this world of having and being and, and identity, and then this feeling that I never felt like myself in that world fully. It's it's tantalizing. It's appealing. It you feel good when you have the stuff, and you. But I never really felt like myself, and I realized that, like one of the best days of my life I can remember was I didn't have anyone to go chop the wood with, and I drove you know two and a half hours out with my dog by myself with the chainsaw, and I chopped all the wood, and I halt, put loaded it all up into the pickup, and I drove it back, and I remember feeling. Like, nobody ever taught me I could be this self-sufficient. So that was in my 20s, but it gave me the feeling that I could survive anywhere. 
But by the end of my 40s, I was really in this place where, again, this push-pull, like I'd kept, my life had kept falling apart, and I never really understood why. And then I kept rebuilding it back to be what I thought it was supposed to be, and then it would get back to where it was supposed to be, and I thought, I don't really like this. And at the end of my 40s, I had this kind of conversation with myself in the mirror, and I thought, wow, you're doing everything right. You keep doing everything right, and you're miserable. And I vowed that I would change my life, but I had no idea how. And what finally I came to realize was I had to be willing to lose everybody else's idea of who I should be. I had to be willing to lose all the old stories that had attached themselves to me. I had to be willing to lose the world's idea of what we're supposed to do, what we should do. And so the last seven years have been this path of being willing to get lost. And the funny thing is, so I'm at the end of, I I believe in seven-year cycles, and I'm at the end of the seven years, and people keep saying, how do you feel? And honestly, I think I thought I would feel like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I do know what I'm supposed to do, but not in the way I thought. Because when people say, how do you feel? I say, I feel lost. But this time, it's a beautiful thing. It's not a scary thing. Because I think what being lost does is it invites three words that we're told to be scared of, But I think they're the biggest invitation to change. And it's the words, I don't know. We're fooling ourselves if we think we know. Yeah. You know, if I said to you, so, you know, what are you going to do tonight? You could tell me your plans. But you have no way of knowing how you're going to feel tonight or what you're doing, you know, what you really will end up doing or where it will take you. And when we embrace that, I don't know, it somehow opens us up to really what the world is like in a, in a very beautiful way. And you have to be willing to get lost in order to actually find who you are in your heart. And then also finding strength within yourself. Like what you said, it's like, I had no idea I was capable of so many things until I pushed myself, you know, to completely let go and be lost. And I was always somebody who was a control freak, right? Mm -hmm. And so in a way, I took away my control. And even now, what I'm learning to do is to say, if somebody says, you know, where are you going to stay tonight? I used to have a plan. And now I say, I don't know, because I don't know opens it up to being exactly where you are in the moment. I think that's the other thing we're not taught to do is to be present right now. We're always thinking what's going to happen down the line, what's going to happen in the future, and we have this idea that that makes us feel safe. But it really doesn't because all it is is it's making us not be where we are right now and then worry about where we're going to be instead of being present and grateful right where we are. So the moment of being lost is actually this really beautiful thing because it's that moment where all the answers of the world no longer satisfy us. Because, you know, looking back on those times in your lives where you felt lost, right, when the answer came, it was in you. It wasn't like, you know, you got some sky writing that said, you know, (laughs) now go to grad school, you know. (laughs) It was like the answer was in you and you were like, Oh, yeah, you know, right. I always did love doing that. Or, you know, it's there. Yeah, it's always been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Ha- it happens almost every time, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, it seems like it's about finding that stillness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we are not a society that's comfortable with being still. No. Are there any other 
beautiful experiences from being lost that come to mind? Yeah, you know, I, I have a practice. I drive the back roads. I mean, I drive the back, back roads, right? And so when I first started to drive them, I, I would get lost. And eventually, at some point, I would get so lost that I would get panicked. And I would really begin to look at that panic, like, what are you scared of, that you're going to have to go knock on someone's door and ask for help? But, but what I really began to realize was that everybody I ran into on the back roads, I've lived in rural places. And one of the things when you live in rural places, especially if you live in mountain roads, which I've lived on, you always wave at everybody when you pass them. And so one of the things I noticed was that in my fear, I'd be clenched so tight that I wouldn't behave like I normally would, you know. But if I could remember to just be present and wave, I would see all the help all around me. And at one point, I was taking this photograph. It's still one of my favorite photographs I photograph on the road. And I'm standing in the middle of the road, and I'm waiting for the cars to pass to get this shot. And every single car stopped and asked me if I needed help. No matter And and I never felt scared. I never felt harassed. I felt like everybody genuinely wanted to make sure I was okay. So on the same road trip, um, I was in driving from Colorado to Texas, and the sky started to get like super, super dark. And I've gotten stuck in the Texas panhandle in ice storms and lightning storms, and I started to get worried because it was tornado season. And I started to get that totally anxious feeling. And I'm driving along, and I check the weather, and it shows there's major weather coming my way. And I'm thinking, what an idiot. You shouldn't have taken the back roads. Who cares about those photographs and those nice people you talk to about help? You should have stayed on that, you know. And I'm like, no, you do this as a practice. What does a practice mean? A practice means you have to be present right where you are. So I'm driving on this back road, and all of a sudden, I swear to you, you know, we all have this thing, especially those of us who are raised Christian, where we think, like, when we're really lost, like, please, God, give me a burning bush. You know, yes. I want <laughs> So I'm driving along, like, thinking, am I crazy? What am I doing? What am I doing? And then all the questions come in, right? And I swear to God, this red stream of light, like something out of, you know, like a sci-fi movie, about 10 miles ahead of me, beams straight down, like one stream of bright red light. And it was there for the whole 10 miles that I drove. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm trying to take pictures, of it, and I'm like, oh, my God. And right after it disappeared, it started to pour, like that kind of torrential, you can't gully washer, you can't see anything. And I have this big smile on my face because I realized the whole day was my burning bush. That every time, like, I thought, oh, my God, I'm in the middle of nowhere. If something happened, what would I do? Everybody came and talked to me and asked me if I needed help. And then when I thought, God, I'm crazy for taking these back roads. I could have already been at the hotel, you know, in on a highway. There's my burning bush moment. And what it, what it really taught me was whenever we're led to get lost, we're going to be bombarded with voices telling us this is not safe, this is not cool, and exactly the opposite happens if we can stick with it. The people, the situations, the messages from the universe will come and they will say to us, you know, you're in exactly the right place and you are safe. And the next day when I got to my job, you know, it had taken me a lot longer because driving the back roads takes longer. And my, um, my client, I got there and my client was like, wow. You seem so energized. You worked all weekend in Colorado, and then you just drove two days. And I'm like, yeah. Because when you really show up to your own heart, 
the world shows up to you. And we're not taught that. We are not taught that. We're like, find the plan, stick to it. And it's like, you know what? The plan is not what we think it is. I think the most comforting thing for me this week is realizing that if you feel lost, you are not alone. It's easy to think that everyone has it together sometimes, but we're all lost at some point, and that's okay. And there's no quick fix solution to feeling lost. But the good news is, is that during our lives, the feeling will come and go. And like Victoria, maybe we should be a little bit more open to embracing that. The key for me to really finding a good way of being lost because there is that sense of being lost of literally like you're bouncing off the walls and you're, you know, the voices are reverberating inside your head and you have no way of stilling them. I I cannot overemphasize enough the need to develop a practice. And for me, my practice was about finding what I've come to call my magic word. The word joy for me is this word that always gets me out of my head and into my heart. The moment I'm in my heart, I cannot help but connect with people around me, and then I care about the world, and then it's like, it sort of makes the circle come around full. And so finding what that was, and it's not joy for everybody. I've begun asking people, and people have thrown out all kinds of different words, but the real thing is developing these practices, whatever they are, that when push comes to shove in those terrifying moments of your life, you make yourself do them. Because it's the voices in your head that'll screw you up every single time. And whatever the practice is that can get you out of your head, that'll save your life. And of course, we want to know what you think. When have you felt lost? And what did you do? You can write to us at the question booth at howstuffworks.com or tweet at us at question underscore booth with your answer. We'd like to give a special thanks this week to our executive producer, Julie Douglas, and to Victoria Price for sharing her wisdom with us. We'd also like to thank Pond City Market for hosting the question booth. The question booth is written, edited, and scored by me, Dylan Fagan, and my co-host, Kathleen Quillian. Thank you, Kathleen. Thanks, Dylan. And thanks to everyone who came into the booth and spoke to me about this question. And if you're in Atlanta, you can visit the question booth, too. We're on the second floor of Pont City Market, 12 to 5 p.m., Friday through Sunday. Also, if you like what you hear, we'd love if you give us a quick review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. Okay, so as usual, I'm curious, uh, what are we talking about next week? We're listening to the answers to the question, does everything happen for a reason? The platitude statement that sometimes people will say after something horrible happens, oh, everything happens for a reason, I think is is really hard to take. That's definitely a big question. I'll have to think about that one. But until then. See you in the question booth. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.